Hello there. You alright? That's what they say in England, uh, when you walk into convenience stores. You alright? It sounds like that. It sounds like they just got punched in the gut. You alright? <laughs> I think they're trying to say, are you alright? Uh, which I guess translate to what's up for us. Uh, but that's what they say. You alright. So I'm asking you, are you alright? That's good. I hope you actually answered in your head or like vocally. That'd be nice. I mean, that's what I do it for. I'm not speaking to nobody, okay? I see you out there, Germany, listening to this. I hope you're doing all right. I hope it's not too cold. I imagine it's very cold in Germany. Um, it's nice over here. We'll get to the weather in a minute. But hello, we're back. Uh, I know it's been a little minute. I was busy watching movies and, uh, and today, yes, today, we've got three new movies for you. Uh, we got a friend, a good dear friend of mine came to join us in the stew, in the cave studio. Uh, it's a great conversation. Me and the guest who uh, we have today for these three new movies, uh, I met him in an English class in Cal State Fullerton, and we were both equally interested in things, but also liked to have fun and joke around. And that's why he became like a good friend of mine. And I love that guy. He's so sweet and so nice. And he takes pictures of WWE. Well, actually it's not WWE. It's like, uh, I don't really know what to call it. It's like garage wrestling or something, but it's amazing. And he's such a good photographer. He's uh, a special guy. Uh, but I hope you enjoy that conversation. Before we get to it though, we got a couple things we got to do here at Reach Radio. Uh, a couple little uh, traditions that we got to go through. So the first one, I'm sure you're gonna guess it. Word of the day. Word. Okay. Okay, word of the day. Today, I, I had two. I, the first one was going to be reticent. Reticent meaning like uh, not willing to, kind of shy basically is a synonym for reticent. But I found another one that I thought was going to be more fun. And I'm going to tell you now. You spell it P-L-E-B. It's a pleb. A pleb is a commoner, a member of the lower class of a society. Uh, derogatorily, it is a common person, an unsophisticated or cultureless person. Cultureless person. The first place I heard this word was in a book called Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood. Uh, it was used to describe the people that lived on the outskirts of the uh, like metropolitan town that they all lived in. I don't think it was metropolitan, but anyway, it was derogatory and it was hilarious. And I remember in the class, oh shit, I think Jason might have been in that class. But anyway, um, in that class, everybody in that class found that hilarious and we would just use it to call each other plebs. And if somebody got an answer wrong, it'd be like, you plebe. <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, what nerds we were, that was fun. But anyway, plebes is really interesting because if you go on Urban Dictionary, uh, one of the definitions is, <laughs> one of the definitions of plebe is it's it's the, the flaps of a vagina. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's Urban Dictionary has many questionable definitions, so definitely don't use it. But it's interesting that that's one of the definitions. I wonder who's out there using plebe as a vagina flap. Anyway, okay, <clears throat> plebes. I would use plebe in a sentence like this: You're uh, such a plebe that you don't know who Beyonce is. That's probably a plebe, right? Uncultured. If you don't know who Beyonce is, you're probably a plebe. Everybody knows Beyonce. My dad even knows Beyonce. I don't think he knows how to say it, but he's like, oh, that one lady, <laughs> Jay-Z's wife. I'm just kidding. He probably knows Beyonce more than he knows Jay-Z, to be honest. 
feel like that makes sense. Anyway, uh, moving on here, done with the word of the day. The next one is the weather. We're going to go quick because obviously these podcasts are long because it's me and Jason talking for like an hour. So now at the weather. We'll make it sweet. We'll make it short. Now here for you is the weather report. Okay. Um, the only real weather I got to say is it's there, we have a storm coming in California. Uh, I don't know about you, Germany, but... California, we got a little storm coming through. Today was actually really beautiful. The past couple of days have just been interesting. I, I think it was Jacob who told me that like when the craziest weather is happening is also when it looks the most beautiful outside. And I was like, that's so true. And I kind of have been like noticing that over the past couple weeks and months. Whenever it's like stormy weather or rainy weather or lightning or anything like that. This oh, I think you were mentioning the clouds. You said that the clouds look crazy when it's like stormy or rainy, which is very when it's hot. Oh, okay, okay. So the clouds, uh, he corrected me. Uh, the the clouds look crazy when it's hot. And the weather looks nice after rain. And the weather looks nice after the rain. That's accurate. I agree with that too. Um, but yeah, it's been really cool lately, this weather. I, I get very tired of like boring hot weather all the time. I can, I, I feel like I can deal with hot weather, but I enjoy when it like keeps me on my toes, you know, when I'm like, oh shit, is it going to rain today? That's fun. That's exciting. Like, you remember when you would go to school when you were younger in, like, fourth, fifth grade? You wouldn't, like, know the weather. You would just go there, and then one day it would rain, and you're like, oh, shit, and then you all go inside. I love that. It was, like, a little surprise. That's sometimes how I like to live my life, is just not know things and then just be able to learn them. You know? I think that's fun. All right. <clears throat> weather is uh, not really done because the storm is coming, and people say that it's going to be very rainy. That's by people I mean fucking ABC Seven. That's where that's what I'm going off. If you don't think I got like some Doppler radar, uh, <laughs> we are in a shed. Um, okay, last piece of things we got to do is the news. Hit it, Thomas. You're listening to News with Reach Radio. All right, Thomas has hit it. So, uh, the first piece of news I have is kind of sad, and the second piece of news I have is uh, interesting. So, the first piece of news is I just read an article about a, uh, an Indian man in Austin, Texas, who lost his life, unfortunately, because he was shot by the police um, on standing on his porch. Uh, of course, there's more to the story, and you should look into it for your own self, but for me, uh, I don't know. It really hit home. It's a brown guy. He had a really long name with many syllables, and I was also like, damn, bro, that sucks. Like... I don't know. It was just really sad. And it really what it was was his mom uh, talking on the news cast, right? Like, she was just, she looked so just broken, man. It was really sad. I don't want to bring you down, but it's important to talk about these things. And I don't know. I've, I've never really been a big gun dude. I know how to shoot a gun, but like, who for what? What the fuck am I doing? I'm not going out there, like, trapping. <laughs> I don't need a gun. But... It was very sad, and there's a video of it, and he, like, has his own rifle, and he's, like, shooting because he... I don't, don't want to go into it, but that's it's in the news. It's out there, and I just think you should be aware of it. Be uh, cautious in your life. Don't take anything for granted. You know, tell the people you love them that you love them. That sort of stuff. Uh, be in the present. All that. So let me move on from that because it's making me sad. The second piece of news I have uh, is interesting. So I don't know if you guys know much about 
Italian <laughs> geography. I've recently had to do a lot of research for Italian geography and wine culture for this like thing I'm writing. But apparently there's been a new excavation found in uh, Italy via the Etruscans. So the Etruscans were like the ancient people of Italy. They were the first people that really like honed the land and made agriculture and really had like a culture there and a society. And they were quickly taken over by the Greeks and then taken over by the Romans. They weren't really taken over by the Greeks, but kind of. Um, but they just found a, in the center of Italy, it's a basically like an ancient, so basically they found a ancient sanctuary uh, that was basically like a healing area. It was like a big pool with a, a lot of marble below it. They have that what they have there is the Carrara marble. That's the same marble that made the statue of David. Um, and below this, they found tombs. Well, not tombs, just dead people that were like preserved. And it basically showed them that there was much more to the history of these Etruscans and the Romans when they began to conquer them than we thought previously. Before, I think we thought that it was a very, like, hostile affair, that they came in, took them over, pillaged, and just kind of, like, ransacked the whole place, and it was very, you know, not symbiotic. But with this new discovery, it gives us more of an idea of, like, oh, okay, maybe they had more of a interaction than just being killed by them, <laughs> which actually is very accurate because of what I'm doing right now is writing about the wine in Etruscans, like the, they made a lot of wine, they're kind of responsible for a lot of wine culture in the world really, um, and Romans really loved their wine, <laughs> so this is kind of cool. And now, uh, I literally read this like 20 minutes ago, and now I have to go change all of the shit that I've been writing because this changes things. But really, I want to tell you this because I find it so interesting that we get wrapped up in ideas of things that we're told uh, or read, and we think that that's it forever. And I, I think things like this, especially archaeologists, they really change the way we think of the world and history and everything. Um, it, it reminds me of, a, of Kurt Vonnegut. Like, Kurt Vonnegut was a really interesting guy, and he worked with General Electric for a long time. That was one of his first jobs, was being a technical writer and a uh, reporter for GE and their new technologies. And when he learned about all these technologies, it kind of changed his mind on a lot of the world. And then when he started talking about it in his writing and his fiction, it changed a lot of other people's minds. Whereas before, they would think technology is this good thing, this amazing thing, this cool thing. He saw it as something that could be detrimental to us, which I think is so interesting. And having those different perspectives only comes from finding new things and learning from these people who are in there. And just like these archaeologists, it's so cool that we have people in the world here who can look into something more than what we already think is there and then find something that we all need to understand. This might be a little heady, but I, I, I think it was cool. I think it was really interesting and I love that. I love getting a change of perspective. It's a cool thing in the world. <sighs> okay, that's enough talking. I think I'm done. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Uh, I love talking about it with Jason. I always love talking about movies, but more so with Jason because he uh, he gets into the same sorts of like themes and ideas of like, I don't know, metaphors and stuff like that with me. And I, I love that. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Uh, I, I don't remember which one we start off with. Maybe it's, yeah, I think we start off with the Banshee of Inisharan, Banshees, sorry, plural, uh, by Martin McDonough. I love him. I think he's fantastic. 
wonderful, wonderful artist. Then we got You've Got Mail by Nora Ephron and When Harry Met Sally by Nora Ephron. Recently learned that I love Nora Ephron. She, uh, if I had to describe my love language, I would just say that. I would say my love language is Nora Ephron. Maybe like 10 years ago, I would have said that my love language was Woody Allen, but you know, can't really do that. Damn, that's so sad that how many people we can't do that for anymore. <sighs> Sorry, Kanye. Okay, uh, enjoy, guys. And uh, leave a review. Give me five stars, you fucks. You fucking plebes. <laughs> you little fucking plebe person. You little dumb fucking plebe, stupid fuck. <laughs> okay, bye. Hello, we're back at it like a crack addict. Uh... <laughs> That's that's really how we're opening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're back at it with my friend Jason Martinez. Jason, do you have a middle name? Uh, I don't. I really don't. You really don't? No, it's the man with no name. Oh, wow. Okay. Everybody gives me crap about it, but it's just like, really, like, I feel like if you have a middle name, you're kind of overcompensating at that Why point. Why do I feel like it's Iglesias? <sighs> isn't he, like, isn't he, like, getting, like, sexual assault charges right now? Are you thinking about Gabrielle Iglesias? I think I'm thinking, or is it Ricky Martin? What? This really sucked away really <laughs> poorly. We really, we really jumped off. I told you. I, I told you. No, if but you, that's okay. If well, you invited me, <laughs> this was going to go a dumpster fire. This is never going to air. It'll air. It'll air, okay? We're not going to do it again. It's already 12. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. We have my friend here. He's also a teacher. I met him in school. Uh, we hit it off because we like the same things, and we both have fantastic hair. I mean, that's that's arguable. Right now, I'm, I'm sporting a really terrible mullet. It looks great. No, it's, this is bad. That's, like, I'm literally no, cutting no, it no, after no, this. No, no, no. That, I'm not even kidding. Are you really going to go the cut it? The appointment has been made. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, are you just going to get, like, a fade? No, I'm just going to cut the mullet. It's Damn. just I just feel like if I'm going to... Which I don't think anybody should ever take hair advice from me. But, um, which, again, like, want to point out, you really do have great hair. We like, both I feel like do. when I said like that's that's debatable, I looked at your head of hair and I was like, yeah, no, he has a good, great head of hair, but like we both got this main. Like dude. I uh, no, like I was like, oh man, you know it'd be sick. I was watching like these this like pro wrestler one time. His name is Cash Wheeler, mm -hmm. and he has this like really sick mullet going on. I was like, I want that, <laughs> and the girlfriend was like, no. And so <laughs> what ended up happening was I was like, all right, we'll make a little uh what's that called compromise uh -huh. yeah that, that's the word compromise, um, compromise. <laughs> so we had a compromise and uh -huh. it was just like it was a version of that just slightly longer and like yesterday just yesterday i was like hey let's go all the way and well let's just say <laughs> that i think if you're gonna actually go for a mullet you maybe want to grow out your hair out completely uh. and then cut it down oh, into a mullet you, you don't want to just like like start trying to grow a mullet no yeah. Grow out your hair and then <laughs> cut it into a mullet. Oh, okay. Well, hey, that's good advice, I think. Yeah. You were just saying you can't give good advice. There you go. That's good advice yeah. for hair. At this point, we're never going to talk about film. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, shit. It's okay. not going to well, happen. That's great. Thank you. Oh, fuck. I forgot to even depress my You didn't even, yeah. I didn't even put it's already thing. falling apart. It's this already going, going anywhere. Well, this isn't going well let's try and get it back on track. So we yeah. we watched three movies. Uh, one we watched in theaters. It was called The Banshee of Inisherin. Uh, it was a f good movie. We're going to start talking with that one, but the other ones were You've Got Mail by Nora Ephron and uh, When Harry Met Sally by Nora Ephron. I think written and directed only You've Got Mail. I don't think she directed When Harry Met Sally. I'm not too sure, but I do know that there's a trifecta 
of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah, they've been in quite a few movies together. Which, Meg Ryan, man, what happened to her? Like, she just disappeared. <clears throat> well, I was reading that uh, this, so You've Got Mail, mm-hmm. was like her last sort of rom-com movie. She was kind of mm-hmm. tired of it. She Understandable. Was, yeah, she was saying that even when she was filming it, she felt like it was boring and like she was like, like it's not much of a stretch for me this is very easy and i don't i don't want to keep doing this well matthew mcconaughey it was the same thing oh really yeah he was uh worried that he was just getting typecast and uh which again not promoting his book but his book green lights um yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry about that <laughs> so his book green lights you know um, did you get it I actually got it. Did I, you read it? I, I read it. Is it I, I is it poetry it. or is it? No, it's like little excerpts from his life. You know, talking oh. about like I guess um, stories from his life that sort of made his him laugh. who he is. Yeah, his laugh. And so, <laughs> uh, as he's talking about this, yeah, you know, um, he just talks about how um, wisdom. Yeah, it's just it's like little little bits of wisdom. Which um, okay, if you kind of look cool. at it, his life, it's like. Only a priv- a privileged white male could have lived this life. <laughs> when you like, when like you, when you think about this afterwards, because you're uh-huh. like, man, this guy got to do all these things. But then you think about like, you know, again, right. the times they lived in mm-hmm. and who he is. It's His just like, well, of, of yeah. course. And again, he didn't come from like the easiest of circumstances. Right. You know? oh, okay, it's not yeah. to say he had it easy, but again, the path it, was. You know, laid out. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had it a little bit easier, but yeah, um, yeah he got tired of doing rom coms. He decided to reject all these scripts that were coming his way, which he could have just, again, retired on those millions that he would have made. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, he started getting those parts like True Detective. Yeah, which um, was fantastic. Yeah, oh and God. again, relaunched his career. Now he's like, yeah. what, a heavy hitter? He and owns... now he's in like Texas trying to run for stuff. Well, he owns the, the what is it, the Austin FC? FC? The soccer team? Oh, shit. They have a soccer team now. Oh, wow. Him and like a bunch of other celebrities now. Yeah. I guess that's what they do now. <laughs> Tequila and soccer teams. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with the Banshee of Inisherin. I only today said that successfully. I've said it wrong every time until just moments ago. You heard it for the first time here. Me saying the title of this movie correctly: The Banshees yeah. of Inisherin. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, the entire drive here, uh-huh. I was trying to figure out how to pronounce <laughs> it, which like I should have just Googled it, and I was just like, <laughs> boy. I really do hope he knows how to say it. Otherwise, I'm just going to refer to it as the Banshees. <laughs> I think that's that's what I was doing for the yeah. past couple of days. Yeah. Just saying, oh, the Banshee of... Blah, blah, blah. Which, for those of you guys that, that don't know where Rishi lives, he um, lives in Anaheim Hills. And yeah, if you've ever been to Anaheim... The address out. It's a, it's a ma- <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing it out there. Anaheim Hills. Uh-huh. Um, you guys will have to check the comments later for the address. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah if, you, if you've never been to this part of California... It is a very mountainous terrain. Nothing but beautiful mountains. Up here, man. It is very beautiful, but it's also rigid terrain. It mm-hmm. took me three days <laughs> to get to the top of the highest hill where he records. Yeah, we actually got him to here because of his SOS. Yeah. That's how we got you. Yeah, I uh yeah, which uh, by the way, why is there an SOS on my phone? Is it really? Yeah, there was an SOS on my phone earlier and I was oh. a little worried. I was like, did I hit something? Anyways, That's kinda three weird. days to do uh to get here. Um Took a lot of camping supplies. It's the, a journey. The, the vest that I'm wearing right now, it was actually a jacket. Oh, uh, you it's had been, to rip it's been, it into it's a It's been vest. ripped. Yes, it's been ripped. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's that's. that's You're like happened. Iron Man, dude. You're like yeah. stuck in the desert and we got, yeah. we got you out. I had 10 fingers when I came in. <laughs> well, anatomically, eight, but uh-huh. 
Now I'm down to seven. Now you're down to seven. What did you do? Seven. Eat the rest before we started? Uh, you got hungry again. Three days to get up here. There's a lot of wildlife: bears, wombats, wombats. all sorts of uh, critters. <laughs> there are caves back back here, like in the back of between my house and Jacob's house. There are caves. I like how you try to make it explored. sound as if uh, we're not recording from a cave right now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, know, like, oh, there's caves around here. It's like <laughs> the viewers don't know this. They think we're in a sound. Hey, man, the cave. shadows are reality, okay? Yeah. The shadows are reality. Dream, dream, dare to dream. Uh, okay, let's get back to Martin <laughs> McDonough. Martin McDonough, the Banshee of Inisharan. Uh, what did you think were the Banshees? Well, let's give a little synopsis. Do you want to give a little synopsis of this movie and what it was about? Yeah, essentially we have um, Colin Farrell's character um, goes by Patrick, and we have uh, Brendan Gleeson's character who goes by Colm, and... Uh, well, it seems like Brendan Gleeson doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore. They've been lifelong friends. They essentially do the same things every day, go to the bar. And it seems that uh, old Colm there wants a little something more out of life and decides to separate. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> set in Ireland in 1922, I believe, which is a very like important time for Ireland at yeah. the moment, did you have you done any research? So I did look into it. I believe this was the time that they were undergoing a civil war, yep. and I believe you know again I don't have all the facts down. Uh, you can correct me if you do have the research, but I think uh, this was when there was a certain part of Ireland that wanted to separate from the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and exactly. uh, I felt like this movie was very allegorical. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, hey, I I think that's like a big trademark of Mark McDonough. I think he he tries to make things. Uh, small and big at the same time like i think the the conflict of the movie is it can be seen as in two ways right like mm. these two friends that have been lifelong friends aka irish irish people the people of ireland mm. have been friends forever maybe even the brits he's trying to say is like they've mm. been friends they know each other mm-hmm. they've you know shared meals but now one of them wants to go and do something else and thinks that whatever their purpose is is way more important than whatever friendship they've created and that could be seen as like britain going off and saying hey we want to do more we want to get better we want to progress our civil society and ireland goes well that's not really in it for us like we don't really need that right now i mean at least in the way that they wanted so it was kind of like that yeah, no, that's I, how I saw it. I, I completely agree with you because it seems like, uh, again, Colin Farrell's character, he's there's a structure to his life that he's already used to, mm-hmm. and he wants to keep that structure. But it seems that Brendan Gleeson's not about that. He wants, mm-hmm. again, he wants that more. He wants to be remembered. And I think Brendan Gleeson essentially represents that um, that Irish free state. They're wanting to break away. They're not necessarily doing it out of spite Mm -hmm. but they want something that is for themselves yeah and i thought it was interesting like you could almost see him as like the younger generation of that time period right of the people that are growing up and thinking oh i want more for my life i don't want to just keep doing the same thing that people have been doing for decades centuries whatever it is and while they want to do these new things almost like his sister right podrick's sister who was like, I need to go out and have a life and like move to Dublin, right? She, I think she moved to Dublin because it was a city, more metropolitan, meaning more opportunities. And Podrick was very against this. Like you said, he was set in his ways. I think that was really, you could see him as like the older generation, a, mm. a more simple-minded, um, mild-mannered generation that doesn't really want to uh, ruffle <laughs> any feathers. I think that's the thing that gets me too, because you have, again, um, Brendan Gleeson, Colm, he's 
you just look at him. He is not the younger of the two. Yeah, yeah. No offense, Brendan Gleason, if you're listening. <laughs> I do apologize. Uh-huh. Um, hope you're still coming over to dinner on Friday. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the thing is, it's like he's the older of the two, at least uh, visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he's the one that wants more. He's the one that wants the change. And yet yeah. you have the younger fellow in Colin who wants to keep things the same. I think one of the things that stood out to me is the fact that you have two people breaking away from Podrick. You have both his best friend and his own family. And I think that kind of represents some of the divisions that occurred in this because you do have, again, it was an Irish civil war. I believe there's an an old, uh, there's a story called The Sniper. Um, I think it may have been Flannery O'Connell. I can't, can't recall. But... The whole point of this this the story is that the civil war literally breaks families mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. And I mean, spoiler alert, the sniper who's I believe squaring off against another sniper across the roof mm-hmm. finds out I believe that he's maybe killed his own brother. Yeah, I think and I so I think this this, this kind of just breaks into it. Like this mm-hmm. civil war is uh, again breaking friendships apart, yeah. breaking families apart. And I think we even see as the uh, as the film's progressing, as the fighting intensifies, I think I don't I don't know if maybe I heard this correctly as I was watching, but I think some of the explosions become louder. Mm. They become more extravagant. Yeah, because there's an actual civil war. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned this. Sorry, but there's an actual civil war taking place across the way in the mm. background of this movie. So mm. at times they'll be having scenes and monologues of things happening, and you can hear bombs going off in the back, and yeah. the characters will sort of react to it, but. After, as the movie goes along, they stop reacting mm. almost as if to say, like, it's become so ingrained with them. It yeah. is part of their life. It's, it's the norm. Yeah. It's the norm. Which is bizarre. Um, I want to return to this idea that you kind of expressed where it's like he does these very little things in a big way. Mm. And I think one of the things that I've kind of noticed about his films, um, which can't say I'm the most uh, knowledgeable about uh, <laughs> his, uh, his repertoire, his filmography. Um, as you can see, I'm just pulling out whatever large words I can muster. Hey man, we're English majors. This is what we do. This is what we do. Sometimes we just make up words. Shakespeare did it. Yeah. And now look at him. Well, look I mean, he can't because he's dead. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. If he was around now and he was dropping those those plays, you know, he'd be rolling in the big bucks. Yeah, he'd be he'd be signed up with like Walt Disney right now. He'd be making yeah, you're Disney right. They would have bought him out. They would have bought him out. Yeah, we'd see Shakespeare. Streaming yeah. Disney Plus, yeah, <laughs> Disney Plus Shakespeare. You'd be seeing Macbeth <laughs> <laughs> on Disney Plus with like young kid actors, and you'd have like like Donald Donald playing Macbeth. I think he'd be a good Macbeth. Donald Faison? No, Donald Duck. Oh, <laughs> not Donald Faison. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a. I don't know why I went directly <laughs> to Donald Faison. I, it felt right. If we were gonna do the Scrubs cast, yeah, <laughs> yeah of course, yeah. Was, let's throw it in there. I guess I just had Scrubs in the mind for some reason. But um, <laughs> go, go, going back to uh, um, McDonough, yes. his films. Um, so Seven it, Psychopaths. Did you watch that? I didn't get to watch that. So I was, I was okay. So in earnest. As I was doing, you know, my work and stuff, I was like, you know, what? I'll watch some films in the background, pause, watch and stuff, you mm. know. And I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Oh, what? Maybe it's Damn. just that I didn't look hard enough. I could have sworn maybe it was Amazon or No, one I think the- it's one of those movies that kind of, it's pretty frequent. It's a frequent flyer. It is a frequent flyer. Yeah. And then the one time I needed to take that flight, I, it was grounded. Yeah. Bummer, man. But um, I did, I did make up for it, though, because, again, um, I think we saw, I saw in Bruges for the first time when I was... Uh, Hanging out with you. Really? Yeah. I think, didn't we watch it with uh, the, the She Who Shall Not Be Named? 
No, I didn't ever watch it. In I theaters. could have. No, we didn't watch it in theaters. I think we watched it at somebody's house. Oh. Anyways, um, in Bruges, um, Banshees and Three Billboards. Yes. These all have that feel. These small towns, these yeah. small environments where absolutely nothing out of the ordinary occurs. Yeah. And yet in these small places, we see these big changes occurring. We're talking about people's lives being transformed. We're talking about people's lives being ruined. And, you mm-hmm. know, in the greater scope of the world, these people's problems, it's really, it really is nothing. But to these people, these individuals, it is yeah everything. Yeah. You know, and we see that with um, Patrick. Yeah. You know, he's lost his best friend. I wouldn't be surprised if Martin McDonough reads a lot of James Joyce and Faulkner and just classic people like that. Because I feel like a lot of the themes that he explores are very similar to all the stuff that we would read in like English classes, in literature classes where they studied like periods of writing from like the early 1900s to maybe like mid 1900s or even late 1900s i'm sure for them it's like joyce is like their curious george you know they grow up on that you know that's like the first book they pick up (laughs) not like over here we got to start off small over there they're already like into like transcendentalism by the time they're like you know in grade school exactly they just it's in the milk yeah but i always i I also thought that mcdonough what he does really what i found interesting was that like all of his characters were they're kind of dumb sometimes. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I think he makes intelligent movies about unintelligent people. Because I feel like when you make a movie and you have a main character, you want to make somebody that's sympathetic in some ways. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people try to make a situation sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, they're in this situation and that's why you're sympathizing with them because it's shitty. But he does it in a different way where it's more characterization. It's more, oh, this is a person who looks at the world like this. And that's who they are. And that's why this these things are hurting them so much. And, and I thought that was really interesting. So uh, I'm going to, this is a completely undeveloped thought. I love those. But, um. Don't abort it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get fired after this one. Uh, anyways. <laughs> anyways. Um, undeveloped thought. But I would say that like his, I don't think he makes movies about dumb people necessarily i think that he just makes movies that are incredibly human and Mm. they cover some of the most dark aspects of humanity uh three billboards which again i just saw yesterday to make up i I picked that film specifically to make up for not being able to watch seven psychopaths so i was like all right i couldn't watch that one so i'm gonna yeah that's good though you were at least like familiar with the language and everything yeah i like that so uh again three billboards is fantastic yeah he, he touches on ideas of racism yeah abuse uh mm-hmm. rape and things yeah um i believe with in bruges he talks of i mean the big idea is murder mm-hmm. the, um how do you come back from something like that can you come back from redemption something like that you know yeah. especially when it involves uh a minor child mm-hmm. um and Ooh, then in this God. film we have uh something a little i would say that the the idea is a little bit more light-hearted you know, because it is about a friendship breaking up, mm-hmm. but it's a friendship that's coming at the tail end of their lives. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting too. Yeah, that it was older people. Yeah, and I'll, I will say this: uh, sometimes these uh, the characters do come off as you know a little bit uh, you know lacking intelligence, but I think that's just a perfect reflection of us because it's like. Mm-hmm. 
I think every single person thinks to a certain extent, you know, I'm not, not, not to speak just absolutism, but I think a lot of people think they're smarter than they really are. A lot of people mm. think they're better than they really are, greater mm-hmm. than they really think they are. They, mm-hmm. they, they view themselves under this, like, I don't want to say microscope, but uh, what's something that kind of enlarges an image? Um, yeah, I mean, like I guess that would be a microscope, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think the microscope, a, 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 a magnifying a, a, a glass. Magnifying glass. Yeah, yeah, we take the magnifying glass and we think we're we're bigger than we really yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in reality, you see these people making these very um, dumb mistakes. Uh, again, Patrick, he continually yeah. continues to chase this thing, even though Calm continually tells them, "If you." continue to chase after me Mm. this thing that once existed i'm going to start to hurt myself um and i think that kind of plays into this idea you know outside perspective yeah we'd be like yeah no leave him alone he doesn't want to be with you of course but if you're in that situation it's completely different because when Mm -hmm. your emotions become entangled in that situation yeah your reason goes out the window Uh everybody has says what they would do everybody has that plan totally but it's uh probably shouldn't be quoting mike tyson but everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth yeah yeah and that's what happens i think that's perfect yeah that that's really that's a great point because it's exactly it's you can look at the same way at the other guy calm like yeah him wanting to do something bigger and better and be remembered forever is like it's definitely an outside thing it's something Mm. that's coming from outside whereas Mm. Podrick was very like tied to this for Mm. a personal reason so it makes you invest in these people and wonder oh why are they doing these things Mm. why is Podrick so like eager to be friends with this guy and why is calm even it's very interesting in the way that it it draws on your sympathy at different Mm. times in the movie I think that that was a very like accurate or not accurate but it was like a masterful way of using pace and like bringing up characters because at the beginning you obviously obviously are like oh Podrick this is his friend why isn't he why doesn't he want to hang out with him that's so mean of calm like why and then you see calm for a little bit and you kind of have I think he had a scene with the sister mm-hmm. in where he just kind of like explains that you know he's like oh these are my last few years on this earth maybe mm-hmm. I want to use them making something that I can be remembered by mm-hmm. and it really kind of makes you sympathize with him and go oh, okay well I can kind of see yeah. why this is something he wants and it it just makes you makes you go back and forth so much that you end up just really investing in the characters and trying to figure them out and looking to their reasons, looking to what they do and how they do it. And that's the thing. I never had any difficulty sympathizing with, um, with Colm. Mm. Really didn't. Cause it was just like, again, he wants something for himself. He wants something more. Mm. But where I took issue with was the means by which he went. <laughs> yeah. Cutting off his like, fingers. Well, no, I wasn't even going towards the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say like, like, Okay, like maybe on a Monday you hang out with Patrick. Yeah, like dude, just cut it Wednesday. down to like once a week or something. Yeah. Like, he could still be your pal, mm-hmm. but no, he's dull. I don't want to fucking hang with him. <laughs> you know, it's just like, come on, like he's dull. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah. That was a little. It's harsh, yeah. but I guess that's what it was like. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You got any notes? Any more notes about Banshee? What did you? Uh, what was your favorite scene? Did you have one? I actually did, mm-hmm. and ironically, it wasn't any of the comedic parts, which I don't know if you've noticed this, but, like, McDonough has, like, a very go-to humor, mm-hmm. and it'll always be, like, them repeating each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to the loo. The what? The loo. And then it's just like, 
you're going to the loo. Yes, the loo. The loo? Yeah, and it's just repetitive, and it's just like them repeating one of it's, it. And it, it hits. <laughs> it hits. Um, and yeah. again, the humor, the humor, I absolutely love it. And uh, throughout the film, obviously, there's more to that humor. That's just a very terrible example I'm pointing out that never <laughs> No, I get occurred. what you're saying, though. Yeah. But um, my favorite part was when Padrick is in the pub, and he drunkenly confronts Colm. Yeah. And he gets this really deep conversation about, you know, you want to be remembered, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, what's wrong with not being remembered? You know, I remember my mom. Yeah. And I remember my sister. Yeah. I love that scene. Yeah. And it was, it was a great scene because I think, you know, he's not someone who outwardly really expresses his emotions Mm -hmm. and, in this moment, you know, and it, the best part I think is that his, the fact that his sister is there when, mm. he, when he points her out and he goes like, I'll remember Siobhan. Yeah. I'll never forget her. And, you know, and I think that, that, that hits home with her because I think she too has this fear of going throughout her whole life and not really accomplishing anything major. Yeah. But for her hearing somebody say that you just existing mm. was major enough it speaks volumes. And I think that's one of the things that it really gets at, you know? Um, yes, you'll be remembered for this piece, but are you really being remembered? Because mm-hmm. none of these people know who you are. Mm. They just know that you wrote some song called the Banshees of Inishirin. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well said. I, yeah. I totally agree. I think that scene specifically was really, it felt like a climax almost. Like it felt like that was when Podrick finally stood up for himself and, and that people kind of knew where he, he was at. Because mm-hmm. the whole time you're kind of wondering like, oh, what is going through this guy's head? What is he really thinking coming back, back, back and not like understanding that this guy doesn't want him around? I'm not going to lie. I thought the movie was going to end shortly after that. Really? I really thought the movie. <laughs> and then we still had like a whole other hour. Yeah, there was so minutes. much more. Yeah, like it just went downhill <laughs> from that. Which not downhill in terms of like, like man, yeah. like this is dragging. It was downhill more like, oh my God, like yeah. things are escalating, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I think my favorite scene was when he was, uh, when his sister had gone away. I think this was after he set that house on fire and he was writing a letter talking about how like the goat and the animals are doing fine even though they died Mm -hmm. and like i just felt that that was like a very sweet scene that he it like trying to keep his sister feeling okay and like having feeling good out there and not worrying about him i thought that was really like like damn it, it it shows you his character yeah. Right. It was like you didn't have to do anything more. That's his character. Yeah. No, and I agree. It, it's it's pretty clear. I mean, there are moments where he is a bit selfish in terms of his mm-hmm. pursuits mm-hmm. of this friendship, but at heart, it's because he cares. Yeah. And he loves, mm-hmm. and that's probably his his big fault right there. Yeah. Is that he just he loves something that what doesn't love him back. Oh. Sad, and I, feel I, I and, and we that kind of relate to that. That goes into uh, oh, oh this got dark. <laughs> <laughs> I you Do you want to talk about on. it, pal? <laughs> no, well, I was gonna say one of the things that I also noticed about McDonough's uh films is that, like, and maybe this is just me, but it seems like there's this common theme of like hurt people hurting mm-hmm. people. We see this definitely, with uh, definitely. in in Bruges, yep. a little bit. Yep. Uh, we definitely see this like play heavily in Three of Bibles. Oh, we have a lot of instances of abuse. Yeah. And where are these uh, instances of abuse coming from? People who are hurting. Yeah. You know. And then in this film, we have Colm, 
he's hurt, but in a different way. Yeah. He feels he's wasted his life. And what's he doing? He's trying to make something, but in the process, he's hurting someone who was considered a loved one. Yeah. And we have Patrick, who loves his best friend, the man, the man formerly known as his best friend. Mm. You know? <laughs> and uh, in his literally chase, in his literal chase of him, yeah. his pursuit, well, he drives the other man to hurt himself. Yeah. So what would you give this movie out of 10? Oof. Oh, man. Like... What would you give it? <laughs> I would give it, I'm going to say 7.8. I'd say somewhere around that. I'd, I'd, I'd probably just round up to the full eight personally. I think I maybe just should round up to eight. No, it's too late. You already said it. <laughs> Fuck. You already said it. I, I hope. I hope. Martin McDonough. <laughs> Martin McDonough. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna no. I'm just gonna tell Brendan Gleeson on oh, Friday. Oh no, 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 no! Well, if anything, I watched Six Shooter, which is Martin McDonough's first feature short film, and I loved that. This I would isn't give about that a Six 10 Shooter. 10. This isn't about Six Shooter. <laughs> this is about his most recent work. I know. I'm gonna give it a seven point eight. I feel confident in that. It was great. Uh, it was a little dry and long sometimes, but the acting kind of made up for everything. Uh, but sometimes, I wish I just read it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of movies I watch where I'm like, I wish I read this. I don't know what you mean. No? The movie is always better than the book. No. It is. No way. Yeah. No way. It most definitely is. No way. I'm kidding. No, I can't say that. The Warriors? Actually, actually never read actually, the book. Actually, that's a great movie. Is it, is it a great that's book? That's a fantastic movie. Is it a great book, though? I don't know. Wait, is it a book? I don't think it is a book. So then why'd you drop the book? I feel like I remember it being a book. Well, you know what? There are novelizations. Of The Warriors? Uh, of certain certain novels, like I just uh, I read uh, what's that one with uh, Clint Eastwood and the orangutan, every which way but lose. What? Yeah, so I picked that up. Oh my god! Uh, am I allowed oh, to like yeah. name drop like like Clint Eastwood? No, like name drop like businesses and things like that, yeah, like small businesses. Totally, really? yeah, yeah, that's so great. That's perfect. a good used book. You can actually find them on Instagram. Oh um, yeah, get a bunch of good used books from them. Oh, is it called Good Used? Yeah, book? a good used oh, book. Oh, yeah. that's a great name. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, they had a novelization of that uh, Clint Eastwood film uh-huh. with the orangutan, and let me tell you, ended up being one of my favorite reads that's of cool. the pandemic. Yeah. Wow, I love that. that. Yeah, but um, I'm gonna give it an eight. Eight. And uh, I do agree with you. I'm not sure that the pacing is right for every single person, but I think if you're mm-hmm. a little bit of a film buff, if you have that patience, it's definitely going to be a movie for you. Definitely has the humor, if you don't mm-hmm. mind the uh, the darkness in it. The darkness um, and the often unintelligible. Uh, oh old yeah, Irish. I, def- uh, <laughs> I think I once at one point I whispered over. I'm like, yeah. hey man, when are they going to put on the subtitles? Yeah, yeah, dude. Which, honestly, half the time I'm just trying to guess. I'm like, is that what they're saying? It, I, I would say maybe it was like. There's a, there's like a few words where I'm kind of like, what was that? Yeah, there's a few. But times, I loved it. But through context, you can figure stuff. Out. Yeah, yeah, it's not, easily, it's not easily. Hard, yeah, yeah, it's not like we're making it sound like oh, it's just a garbled mess. It's definitely not. Yeah, and de- this movie is not like some complicated yeah. heist movie where you need to know every small detail. This is yeah. a it's it's just like a human. Movie. Would I personally watch this film again? I think I definitely would. I would, would I watch definitely. it like over and over? I don't know about that. I but it, I feel um, like it does have that quality though. It does. It definitely has that quality where you can watch it um, every few years and yeah. still feel good about it yeah i don't i feel like it wouldn't be i wouldn't burn out of it too quick it's a it's a pleasant watch but okay uh fantastic we got a 7.8 for me and an 8 out of jason Mm. so let's move on to nora efron who i am slowly learning is one of my favorite people and uh is definitely knows my love language 
Which is rom coms. Which is it's her rom coms. Yeah, her movies and rom coms. Yeah. Which I love one do you them. want to talk about first? Uh, so we watched two. We had uh, You've Got Mail and When Harry Met Sally. I saw When Harry Met Sally first, so I guess let's do that. Nah, yeah, no, let's do that. No, I, I technically yeah? saw that one first. Okay, okay, so. cool. We both, yeah. we both saw that first. Yeah. Nice. Did you watch Annie Hall at all? You know, actually, uh, re- I'm reluctant to say this, but I actually love that movie. I just refuse yeah. to watch it now. Yeah, you know, me too. I I was a huge, huge fan of Annie Hall. Like when it, when I was when I first saw it, I don't remember what age I was, maybe like 15 or 16, and I loved it. I fell in love with it. And I watched it over and over and over. I watched every Woody Allen movie I could steal. Yeah. It, I loved his films. Hold and then, on, and steal? it was yeah off the internet. I would just steal them. All right. I just want to make sure we have that on recording. Oh, I've said this before. Uh, it's to, what? What are they going to come get me? I hope they do. Nah, bro. Yeah. I don't have those files anymore. It was an old house, old computer. It's not about the files. It's about the principal. Yeah. I was a kid. What am I going to pay for a movie? <laughs> we used to sneak into movie theaters. Come on. I genuinely hope that this like <laughs> spreads among filmmakers. And like, and I hope like, even though they'd probably be like, well, yeah, no, our films are meant to be enjoyed, you know. Oh, you don't want to hear what I used to do with like music that I liked. I would just send, I would copy it, and then just give it to people. You're the reason why artists are starving. Yeah, I I made you two angry, or Metallica. Who is that? Netscape and Metallica. You don't have to worry about you two. They'll just put their albums yeah. on their phone without <laughs> your just, consent. It just comes up. That felt like a. That felt like a. Yeah, that, that felt violated. That was that really one. weird, right? When it Which, just... like, I, I, I do like a few U2 songs. You know, I'm not going to hate on them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, like, I think it was Songs of Innocence or something. I don't know what it was, Sounds but like... it was just like, what? Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, that was very weird. Anyway, yeah. digression uh, completed. <laughs> but Annie Hall. So I loved Annie Hall, and we both loved Annie Hall, I yeah. guess. And then you saw that before when Harry met Sally or after? I saw Annie Hall like years, years back. I'm pretty sure I think I recall specifically watching it back to back because I, I enjoyed mm. it so much. It was so good. Yeah, it's funny. At, at the quick. time, it was my Gangs of New York. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> when when was your Gangs of New York? Did you ever have that period where you watched that movie over and over? Oh, that's that Gangs of New York does not end for me. Like if it's on, <laughs> yeah. it, IFC was typically the channel that would always air uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. And so I would watch it i'm like man i love this movie and then like every time it would be airing i just put it on background noise it's just it's great so good because daniel day lewis is just amazing incredible in yeah like my favorite part is just that that scene where he's like they have leonardo dicaprio after that field assassination attempt mm-hmm. sprawled out on the thing mm-hmm. and then he just goes whoopsie daisy and then he throws <laughs> up the knife some guy goes uh uh, again, I'm saying these like plot pieces all out of order i'm just realizing <laughs> but um there's that part where it's like uh I think he's like, what part do you want me to take? And some guy's like, the heart, take his heart. And he's like, the heart, the boy has no heart. <laughs> Which I don't know why that's the line that I just decided to quote right now. It's I not even that. the best line, but it's just like There's, that whole scene. That was a fantastic reading. No, yeah, it was a terrible reading. <laughs> I loved it. I'm telling you, this isn't going to air. But uh, Annie Hall, I, I, I really do love it. Mm-hmm. I think it, it touched on a lot of, um, I guess it's a very relatable take on the romance film yeah the rom-com yeah because i think it touches on all aspects it's not just these people um you know they see each other they fall in love and then no it's like it's a love story that doesn't necessarily end with the happily ever after Mm. yeah exactly and i felt like when harry met sally was the hallmark version of that harry met sally i feel like was like almost a reverse Mm. of Annie Hall because they start off not really crazy about yeah, each other not yeah. really on the same wavelength yeah but then 
over time, uh-huh. these continual meetings, these friendship, this friendship that builds with them. So it was like literally just like they took Annie Hall, rewinded it, <laughs> yeah. and then just and uh, again just subbed Billy Crystal in for you know mm-hmm. the, the pedophile. <laughs> yep, it, it's it's interesting because you've got male has kind of the same like plot line is they meet each other, they don't like each other, and then they th- kind of through. One way or another, they fall in love. I have a question. Uh-huh. Because I really want to watch Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Is I haven't it seen it. Plot line? I think so. Well, I've heard that it's very similar. I mean, I guess... I mean, I'm not going to knock on it. It's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Sleepless in Seattle, but I, I was they were reading a little bit about that. I wish they were what? Your parents? Oh, yeah. That would be pretty dope. I mean, dude, it's Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. That would be amazing. Right. Your Every day would just be a rom-com. I feel like you would just eat cotton candy and go to the zoo every day. It's like literally one of those montages of them just hanging out and having fun. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. As like this, life. like uh, like <laughs> this, like fun jazzy uh, oh, music yeah. is playing. <laughs> yeah, that would be so. That's cool. that's how you know that um, you're watching an '80s film. Uh, jazz piano. Mm. There's usually jazz piano at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then you know you're watching like uh, an- again. This is another sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, jazz saxophone. Or any like, yes, or any so. any wind instrument like during transitional <laughs> scenes in the night. Ah, uh, I can totally picture what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. that's I agree 100. Yeah. percent When Harry met Sally, did you ever have you ever been in New York? Once when I was I think in the eighth grade, it was the DC trip. Oh, nice. Did you go to the uh, Katz's Deli where the, that scene is the famous scene of her eating and having the fake orgasm? No, I actually didn't. Damn. Mm, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Stupid expensive. Really? It was like twenty six dollars for a sandwich. I have a question because I've I've seen this with the uh, Top Gun bar in San Diego. Mm. Um, do they advertise that that was Harry Met Sally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And do do people still know what when Harry Met Sally yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was just wondering because yeah. it's like if I were to mention this to anyone that I know, uh-huh. it will like you know. It's definitely an older generation thing. Yeah, but. They're still around. But I just I just remember when I was younger, Harry Met Sally was one of those films that was always brought up by like the Academy Awards and mm. stuff like that. It's like a classic and mm-hmm. and now it's like you're lucky if you even see it as you're flipping through the <laughs> you know, the streaming. I know, which is kind of a bummer to me. I really loved the movie and I I yeah. thought it was very well made. It was yeah. definitely a classic. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I loved the whole non traditional I think that's what Nora Ephron does really well, is like kind of like modernize the romance story and mm-hmm. at least tries in in earnest to like make it something that's relatable to the people to the common people like how how we actually deal with stuff and i thought you've got mail did a really good job of that yeah. too well i mean you got mail i was like well that was like ahead of its time almost i know right like because then now now i mean i mean basically what they did there was just like that was like a pre-screening for for tinder yeah yeah That's right really was. pretty much yeah <laughs> i read uh some people had a lot of reviews for You've got mail that were not so nice, saying that Nora Ephron just continues to make like very hacky rom coms. Well, I think those people that write those reviews continue to make really hacky reviews. I know, and I just I felt like after reading, I'm like, dude, what the f- like? How lame can you be? How unfun? How heartless? Do you not have any sort of like sense of wonder and joy and, and love and spont- spontaneity? And, and like, th- come on. This is the thing that I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna end. You know, for reshoes like millions of uh, followers online, you guys can like tackle me yeah, on the this. Um, the masses. You guys know the the handles, 
the Instagrams, the Twitters, you mm-hmm. know, I welcome it. Uh, <laughs> the hate makes me stronger. But I feel like a lot of these people who critique films, especially in the modern era, because it seems like everybody has a voice, luckily, mm-hmm. for thanks to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, they critique anything just on the basis of it didn't meet like a certain expectation of mm. what they wanted in their minds mm-hmm. because it went in a different direction. And because of that, they all just flat out just absolutely trash the movie. When in reality, it's just like if you actually look at the film for what it is yeah. and what it's saying, there is something there to be admired and yeah. appreciated. And totally. I, think, I think the thing is too is just that um, everyone has these ideas of what a movie should be. But the reality is uh, the film can be whatever it wants to be and you can either choose to enjoy it or you can choose to not, you know? Yeah, The thing much. is it's like... Um, Take it or leave it. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, if I'm going to go see a rom-com, like, uh, God, what was a movie that I saw recently? Um, well, let's talk about like You Got Mail or like mm-hmm. When Harry Met Sally. Did I go in there thinking, oh, man, Oscar winner film that's what this is no i just went in there well i didn't even go anywhere i just i was just in my house yeah you just turned just, it on just, yeah i just turned it on watched <laughs> it and i just took it for what it was yeah were there things that i really loved about the movie yeah of course absolutely and then were there things i disliked about it oh when we get to you got mail i'll tell you really okay but, okay, uh, okay yeah well so for when harry met sally i have to ask you do you think uh based off you know the famous conversation in the car scene um do you think men and women can be friends i disagree with that that they cannot or they can? I, I think that they can. They can. I think, I, I think it could be platonic, you know? Yeah. I think the thing is, it's just that, um, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. It's just like, you know, just keep it in your pants. Like, why are you fr- <laughs> like, Like, yeah. are you friends with this person because you're hoping that something's going to come out of it? Or are you friends with this person because you genuinely enjoy this person being in your life Mm -hmm. and i think that's the question and so i think people can actually overcomplicate things yeah by throwing in you know uh what's the coitus into the (laughs) equation (laughs) but uh (laughs) i've never heard it used that way that's amazing relations you You know know, they just um, throw the old coitus in there yeah just you know (laughs) And so it's just like they they they, they over there's people that overcomplicate these things and they overstep these these boundaries. Yeah, I do boundaries. That's the big thing. I can honestly say from personal experience, I've I mean some of my closest friends have been women, and I'm actually grateful that some of my closest friends have been women because I think if yeah, you're as a male, here. if you surround yourself by um, members of the opposite sex, or you know, or at least um, members of a group who's maybe gender you don't necessarily identify with. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that would be more. I think it opens your mind. Yeah, it does. You know? It opens your mind. Gives you, you new perspectives. perspectives. Hey, hey uh, personal jinx. Now you can't talk for the rest of the podcast. <sighs> so, uh, I just wanted to start throwing out my own uh, personal advertisements. Here. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. No, I think and I think it's 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 important to do that because you get into the frame of mind of what. Uh, this particular group goes through yeah. understanding um, their day-to-day lives, what it is that they struggle with most, what is it that really they could use help with mm-hmm. from, you know, that other side. You mm-hmm. know? And so I mm-hmm. think it's, it's, it's important. So when, when Billy Crystal said that, it broke my heart a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's like that needs to be the character for it to work and be yeah. like a cute rom com. But I was also like, this is a, it's very, I don't know. I've definitely heard and seen people who act like that and think like mm-hmm. that, and it it results in not what Billy Crystal resulted in. Yeah, like it doesn't result in you eventually well, falling in love with the person I, you're in love I with. Think- it eventually ends up with you just being like alone and maybe a little creepy. You can maybe you can maybe uh, uh, I'll admit I was uh, I was using Harry when Harry met Sally as a little bit of uh, background noise. I was watching it as I was like you know doing some work. And mm-hmm. uh, did you feel that when they were becoming friends, you know they're both uh, they're both experiencing conflicts in their personal relationships? Did you feel that that was because they genuinely enjoyed each other's company or because they wanted something more? That's a good question. I think there's something that speaks to like, not charm, what's the, chemistry. Yeah. Something that speaks to chemistry. Like when you're with somebody and you you can just talk and talk and talk and talk and mm-hmm. you don't feel tired and they don't feel tired mm-hmm. and time just flies by. That's mm-hmm. chemistry. I think you yeah. can have it with friends. You can also have it with like romantic paramours. Like you yeah. could really... Paramours, but I think, really? No, and you gave, me, you gave me crap over coitus? How does paramour even work? I don't, I don't know. use that word. Well, I mean, they're a band, right? But is a paramore like a, some, a romantic <laughs> interest or is it like a quick fling? You know, this is something we could solve with a simple Google search. Yeah. Let's, the shit's open right here. <laughs> but now when I look up paramore, Haley Williams is going to show up and then I'm going to fall in love again. <laughs> we'll get derailed. See? There she is. With that red hair. Did you write in definition? I wrote paramours. <laughs> and they no, showed buddy. me multiple Haley Williamses. <laughs> A lover, especially the illicit partner of a married person. Ah, I did it wrong. See, I knew it was something else. So it's, wait, it was what? So a paramour is somebody like, it's a, a, a what do they fucking call them? Like a... Language. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You realize this is a children's show, right? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, kids. Uh, yeah. Shoot. Shoes and crackers. What was the, what is, what is it called when you have an affair with someone? But, but that person, what's that person called? The, what, what's the, 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 the person that, that, that. That is cheating with you. Oh, that is the um the E something. It starts with an E. The B. The E girl. <laughs> no, <laughs> e boy. Not the E girl. Like the uh, not an escort. Well, I mean, we could just refer but, uh, to them as the other woman, the other man. Yeah, we can just call the other woman the other man. Um, the other. The other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the other. What was I even saying? Uh, but I guess I was just saying that, like, uh, we were talking about fridge. Um, it was when Harry met Sally and how it makes you think about when men and women, romantic paramours. Dang, I really got to backtrack. So then that that paramour is probably not the right word for that. No, no, it wasn't. It was incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. But romantic interest. Yeah. But yeah, I guess this movie just was, uh, which one did you feel was more realistic to the, to real life and how, how that, I would say, I would say, uh, when Harry met Sally. Oh, I I remember what I was talking about. I'm sorry. Chemistry. Anyway, let's keep going. It was about chemistry. It was about how uh, the movie talked about how like chemistry is real. So when you when you have that with somebody, whether it's a friend or a romantic interest, it's something that makes you kind of like, I feel like you're not always aware of it when it's happening. But as life goes on, you realize, oh, I have more fun talking with this person than yeah. I do with the person I talk to every single day. Yeah. And it like, you kind of figure that out for yourself. Yeah, and mo- most definitely. I think we see uh, even uh, 
Billy Crystal, when he talks about who he's getting married with, it's not because this is the love of his life. It's just like, oh, this is essentially what I should be doing now. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and this person's nice. Yeah. You know? so and sad. so it's just like, yeah, it's he, he's basically settling. Whereas, like, again, we're returning to that idea of wanting something more. Meg Ryan yeah. wants something more and realizes that, you know, this isn't happening. Or I think she, wait, wait was she getting cheated on or I can't recall. No, I don't think she was getting cheated on. Okay, never mind. No, but um, yeah. Me. So then, yeah, like I guess that doesn't work out. Like that, they break things off, and yeah, Billy Crystal's just in this cycle of just like he's okay with the way things are. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. like complacent. Yeah, but uh, you yeah. got mail. Yeah. Okay. Let's let, before we move on to you've got mail. What would you rate uh, when Harry met Sally? Did you like it more or less than Annie Hall? Because mm. they're very similar movies. If we were to erase the context of the yes, people yeah, that yeah. are involved, yes, yes, I would probably lean towards Annie Hall. But considering just how precious Billy Crystal is, mm. um, I think I'm going to give it to When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, wow. Oh, you're going to give it to When Harry Met Sally. That's interesting. And you know what? I don't want to say it's just it's just Billy Crystal that's precious because Meg Ryan, my goodness, like somebody give her her flowers. Roses, oh yeah. Whatever, she's she's incredible. Like she, she just knocked, she's knocked these roles out of the park. Yeah. She understood the assignment. Yeah. She really did. Yeah. So what would you give it out of 10? Out of 10? Maybe like a 7.8. Whoa. Yeah, just, uh, no, I'm just kidding. An eight. I'd give it an eight. Eight? Final Actually, answer? no, hold on, hold on. Oh wait. shit. Between a 7.5 and an eight, somewhere around there. I'm, 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 I do struggle with it because I can't say it was like my favorite movie ever, but mm-hmm. it was a it was a good watch. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a good one to come back to. Yeah. I think I liked it a little less than Annie Hall. I found Annie Hall to be a little more in my style of comedy and humor and like the ending of Annie Hall felt more realistic to me. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.7. When Harry Met Sally, 7.7. Billy Crystal's rolling in his grave right now. I know. Is he dead? You didn't hear? No. No, he's still alive, but (laughs) (laughs) when he gets there, he just plays roles in the grave. I hope he haunts you. (laughs) That'd be fun. I'd be okay with that. Billy Crystal ghost? I mess with that. Um, Okay, let's go. Let's move on to You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail. I thought this movie was actually really adorable. Yes. I think... uh, I don't like how mean Tom Hanks is in person. In person? During, during, like not like as a person person, but like in per like in the when they when they cross paths, he yes. can be a little antagonistic. He was definitely. And I, I, I felt I don't wanna get too far ahead into it, but mm. I I just felt that like the when he Okay, so the plot is these two people meet um anonymously online in a chat room and begin to chat and have this penman pen pen pal. pen pal relationship and they sort sort of start to like fall in love. Uh, through the pen pal relationship. Meanwhile, in real life, uh, Tom well, Hanks's character. Actually, let, let, let me just interject right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. They don't know anything about their personal lives. Yeah, they don't. They know, they know nothing. Yeah, the only thing yeah, they know is you. just basic day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very like top level surface area shit. And then, so in real life, Tom Hanks is a multi millionaire business guy that runs, whose dad owns one of the largest bookstore chains. Uh, in America, I guess. And Meg Ryan's character is a small local bookstore owner. Her mom used to own the bookstore, and now she gave it to her, so she runs it. It's a children's bookstore, and that is on purpose, I read, 
because they wanted it to be a children. I don't know. I guess they thought it was cute, so, which it was. I don't know if you know this, but there's actually going to be a sequel to You Got Mail. Mm-hmm. And so what it is, it's like, uh, it's like, I guess a modern retelling of it, except instead of like, you know, Tom Hanks, big bookstore against the small bookstore, it's, um, I think it's supposed to be semi-autobiographical or something like that, or it's based on a true story. Cause I think it's Jeff Bezos romancing borders books or something like that. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Like no way y- you got mail too. No like, way. Th- your package has arrived. <laughs> No, this can't yeah. be happening. The the film it ends with that giant phallic rocket. Oh my god! And him and his Borders books lover going <laughs> into space. Okay, I have to pause for a second. I have to pee so bad. I gotta pee. Can we pause? This 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 has to stay. No, I have to pee no, so this bad. This has to stay. This has to stay. I'm gonna be. I'll be back. Okay. You can keep. You Are you can gonna talk. take the microphone in there with you? No, that'd be amazing. Though I wish I could. All right. All right I'll be back. I'm about to about to give you some post credit scenes right now. I love that. So, uh, Rishu likes to talk a lot about. Um, I wouldn't say he likes to talk about it, but he's a humble guy. You know, it's just anybody that knows Rishu is humility. If humility, if you looked it up in the dictionary, Rishu's face would be right next to it <laughs> but when we first met i was but a wee lad in college very scrawny very frail physically emotionally Aww. and this man emphasis on man comes in and rescues me one day see what had happened is i was hiking along the trails of the Anaheim Hills, and like I said, it's very rugged terrain. Too rugged for a boy like myself. And suddenly, I was... I'm sorry, I get a little emotional talking about it because it's still, uh, still a lot of trauma. But I was accosted by a pack of voracious alpacas. There's two of them. There's a third keeping watch. Oh, no. And they were just, you know, pushing me around with their hooves, spitting at me the way that alpacas do, which I think that might be llamas. I'm not too sure, but these guys were spitting anyways. It was disgusting. It was unsanitary. My, uh, My ego, my frail ego definitely took a hit that day. And out of nowhere, this behemoth of a man... Emphasis on man. Rishu comes in. Absolutely without hesitation. Clocks one of these alpacas in the face. He punched one of those alpacas so hard that it made him and his children infertile. Oh my oh god. Dear god. Wrap your head around that one, because even I don't get that. What the fuck? And he picked me up. Picked me up. By the scruff of my shirt. Pulled me up. Eye level. As if to communicate, you are my equal. Mm. 
Jesus Christ. And he said, child, are you okay? And I looked into his eyes and I knew that I would be. And then it turns out we had a couple of college classes together, um, you know, English, things like that. We would hang out on occasion, crack jokes, found out he had a podcast. He's like, hey, do you want to be in my podcast? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then the rest is history. Um, considering how much we've sort of delineated from this, wouldn't be surprised if uh, we just, uh, this episode never airs. This is a, like, complete digression. If you look at the, the, the just the, Oh my goodness, I think I've aged him at least five years just talking to him right now because you can see when I'm digressing, his his eyes wincing, the wrinkles creasing, his face just like undulating, you know, just like there's there's an anger in that man, but there's also great patience and great patience. So he's out urinating in the back, and I don't know if you could hear that, but the little flutter, it's not voices, that's the... Uh, fire hydrant of urine that is expelled from him i told i i i, I, I told your audience how we, how we met oh really yeah oh cool there's a lot of oohs and ahs <laughs> from the audience yeah <laughs> yeah good big laugh track too good 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 yeah. i'm glad i'm glad you guys enjoyed that little yeah we did little respite you know yeah. uh no but i'll tell you after anyway let's get back on to you've got mail so we've got mail uh, you were saying that there's a, a spinoff of You've Got Mail? Oh, it's not okay. a spinoff. It's a sequel. <laughs> oh, sorry. A, it a is sequel. a sequel. I would, I would think that they would use some, some sort of Tinder or social media as, no. as the central. Because it's not, it's not about the Also, the it's not anonymous, too. Can I just talk about what I disliked about this movie? Yeah, of course. I feel like I need of course. to get Go to ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Go I ahead. Like, uh, again, it's a great movie. Uh, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, absolutely charismatic. Uh-huh. Did the role incredibly well. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that really bothered me was the ending. The Cause ending. I mean, yeah, because think about it. He's a big bookseller, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole like conflict there is that like you know she's a small bookseller struggling to stay alive in this um, day and age of like megalo bookstores, which yeah. again isn't even a thing anymore practically. Mm-hmm. And he runs her out of business. Yeah. And he still gets the girl. Yeah. He literally ruined her livelihood. Yeah. He literally ruined generations of a bookshop. Yeah. And she still says. Yeah. Yeah, you're the one for me. I know. It's I re- a bit like... I, I also hmm. want to point out that he didn't just take her job. He literally, and I mean literally, made it seem as if he wasn't that guy on the internet at one point. Yeah. It was kind of creepy. It was a little creepy, right? Like, that didn't age well. He was, it was basically like, this is manipulation at its best, basically. Because uh. even from the beginning, well, it's manipulating... <laughs> Manipulation at its best saying as, like, he did it very well because well, he pulled it all this off. This is one more thing I want to point out. Mm. There is that scene towards the end where he literally asks her, you know, if we didn't have this whole thing that was going on, yeah. you know, would you would you be dating me? Yeah. And then she's like, she doesn't give an answer. She's just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like doing like the hemming, hemming and hawing yeah, for like yeah. 20 minutes. And she's like. I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. And then she just leaves. And she just leaves. And she ends up at the park. Mm-hmm. And then there. And who does she see coming in with the dog? Brinkley. Brinkley. You know, right? <laughs> and so I'm kind of just like. 
that should have been assigned to him. This isn't going to last because, and again, we don't know what happens to them, but she literally chose the internet guy uh-huh. who she doesn't know over this man who yeah. she's been coming to get become well acquainted with, get along with, and she chose the other guy. And then yeah. she finds out they're the same person. So the question is, Happy did she settle? What what's going on here? Is this one of those like, up? Oh, you got me. I do yeah, love you. Yeah, and she does say, "Oh, I wish I was hoping it was you the whole time." And it's like, yeah, I felt like it was then, a cop out. I felt yeah. like they ran out of ideas. Yeah, a little bit, right? It was kind of like this is the only way it can end. Like, what else could we be doing here? And it it felt like sort of it it pigeonholed itself into a very cliched ending. Yeah, I just I wasn't crazy about the ending. The rest of the movie's superb. Yeah. Like, Give that thing an Oscar, mm-hmm. give it a Tony, give it, it a really Grammy, good. give it a Latin Grammy, <laughs> give it all of the awards. The Latin Grammy. Yeah, but like, yeah, that 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 ending kind of k- killed it for me a little. Again, it's a great movie. Yeah. I think people should watch it. You know, you'll enjoy it. But the ending just, oh boy. I liked, uh, I, I love her side characters. I think Nora Ephron makes very good uh, secondary characters. She really does. Uh, I was really surprised yeah. to see, um, what's his name? Um, the dad? The, the the guy that's like her her fiance or boyfriend. Oh or oh oh the, the actor. I don't know his name, but I've seen him everywhere. Yeah, he was in a uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Yep yep yep. And I think he does like a yeah, bunch of like Christian B movies now. Oh, does he? He's really I think he good. Does. But he that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so he was great. Greg Kinnear. Ah, Greg Kinnear. I love Greg Kinnear, but I, now ever since I I heard about him in those like Christian B movies, I'm like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Christian B movies. Yeah. I guess maybe he has an audience. Yeah. Um, no, but the the dad of Tom Hanks, like the Fox guy, Mr. Fox. I love when he was in the. You know how like he has that maid. Oh, that's right. I he completely that, forgot about that. Yeah, he had yeah. that girlfriend slash like fiance, whatever. And she they're was. all nannies. Yeah, and then with a nanny. <laughs> yeah, no. So she he has a nanny with the kid, um, and the girl and. His fiance, the fiance and the nanny all hang out a lot, and apparently, oh, very good. Uh, no, and apparently the uh, the wife, or I don't know if it's his wife or not. I think it's just the fiance slash girlfriend thing. Yeah, but she ends up leaving and running away with the nanny, which was hilarious. But my favorite part was when they were in the boat after that had happened, and he's like, you know, like talking about his sadness and all this shit, and then he's talking about the the people that he's been dating mm. and he's like oh and then there was like jennifer he's like you mean my nanny i loved when he said that was your nanny like, yeah you can't way- remember i mean of course guy kind of like dementia like <laughs> hilarious and there was like three of them i just felt like his reaction was so genuine and so well acted it, yeah. it made me laugh so much it, that was your nanny I think that the, he the said thing, the way he says it the thing about this film that's kind of like really nuanced is just the fact that his wife left him for his nanny it's not only like just such pro- so progressive yeah, yeah, like a progressive yeah. plot line like even though it's not it's not even a plot line it's just like it just happens yeah for the time and then the thing that i want to point out is the irony uh-huh. he kept leaving his wives for the nanny and exactly. now he's been left for the nanny and even i think he even says that tom makes his character says that in the movie as that was happening yeah yeah and he's like, oh, there's the irony in there. Because there was a moment. Oh, yeah, you're beginning. right. He's pouring the drinks, right? Or yep, something. Yep, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that was really funny. And the and I thought the breakup scene was really good, too. That was also a progressive type of yeah. uh, breakup scene. Because, you know, traditionally breakup scenes are like, oh, uh, blah, 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 screw you. And they, like, throw mm. stuff. And it's all very mean. But when Meg Ryan's character and Greg Kinnear's character 
uh, break up, it's like mutual and very. Uh, I actually okay, that was actually one of my yeah. favorite scenes. Yeah, because I hate those uncomfortable like cup like. It's already uncomfortable enough it is when you experience in real life, but you even get that you get that discomfort when you're like watching it in a film. And just watching them just amicably break up. Yeah, amicably. That's exactly what I was looking for. It was nice. I was like, oh wow. Like this was this is how it should be. Yeah. I think (laughs) it made me feel really cool because like I I had that happen to me when with my first relationship. We like Mm -hmm. dated for four and a half, almost five years. And then we kind of just like grew up differently and like ended up being different people and we're just like kind of down to break up but never really wanted to because we were so comfortable with each other and then one day we both kind of like had that moment sort of of like hey i gotta tell you something and then it's like the other person sitting there like i i, I want to say the same thing i have a question <laughs> and um, we fist bumped and, this, and we this broke is, up this is gonna digress a little bit but when you say sitting there like at a table no we were in the car we had just come back okay, from thank dinner. god because i was just like what if this is one of those like you know kooky rom-com plot devices where it's like you know maybe they're sitting on the toilet as you're having this conversation that could have been nice i mean it definitely would have been a oh. lot of things being re- uh relieved you know <laughs> a, lot of forms of a lot of weight off of my shoulders and, and my intestines. tummy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh was i think one of the things that kind of stands out to me is that like and nora friends the yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, her films kind of seem to uh, explore that idea of love coming in the unlikeliest of places. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you guys, I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but uh, we ha- we've been running a telethon this entire time, and those are the orphans we're trying to feed. Uh, some of them are very sick. Some of them are very tired. Shh, and, orphan. Um, if you Venmo Rishu, um, $5.00. Or two hundred. Yeah, two hundred. Um, two hundred will help. This money will go towards helping them out. Um, <laughs> no, getting them a home, feeding them. Um, I don't again, Rishu runs it's a very mine. clean slate. If you were listening earlier, I talked to you about not only the strength of this man physically and emotionally, but the character that he has. <laughs> you know, these. Uh, we're, we're, uh, yes, Pablito, we'll, we'll be we'll be taking you to McDonald's right after. Don't worry, buddy. I think, Pablito, I think, shut up, Pablito. I think they. Saw, hey, hey, don't talk to him like that, man. He's. he's Pablito's had three lunches today. He's a growing boy. <laughs> Anyways, um, digress. Many- but yeah, this this idea <laughs> of like love coming in yeah. the most unlikeliest places. You have Harry and Met Sally. They meet initially, kind of put off by one another. Yeah. You got mail, the big capitalistic yeah. uh, bookseller versus the small artsy um, neighborhood mm-hmm. bookseller, and the suit versus the green lady. The what? The green lady, like the green, green? As, I don't know, like green as in like, I don't know. I thought you said Korean Grass for roots. a second. And I was a little confused. <laughs> the Korean. Lady. I was like, what is Korea? Have Did you know to this do? was based off of a book, which is based off of a play? Or is actually, it? it's based off of no an idea. old movie that was based off of a play. Yeah, so this play was called The Shop from Around the Corner or something like that. Oh, wait, I think I did hear about that. Yeah, and it was a, it's a, been a very popular like film and or a popular play that's been recreated in Hollywood. Hmm. Um, it's getting darker. So uh, those are the dark forces of Mordor. Yeah, it's, it's just us. slowly started getting darker, but now yeah, it's green. Uh, so that's setting, okay. setting the mood here? It's definitely changed up, but that's all right. Um, okay, so any any other? Uh, what do you got? What more do you have about? Uh, you've got mail. What did I, you think, think was your favorite part? Did you uh, have a favorite part? My favorite part is honestly that breakup scene. There's just something so relaxing with about Meg those Ryan two. and yeah. the yeah, Greg. Kinnear. There's okay. there's something just really relaxing about it. Like there was like 
like all the tension and stress of a breakup. It was mm-hmm. just like, hey, I feel the same way. I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like it's just very amicable. Mm-hmm. Again, that idea of like uh, love in the unlikeliest places. I think he says he's dating a Republican. Yeah, he's Democrat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and I, you already know. Yeah. I don't have to say it again. Um, man, you guys were like Super Bowl winning touchdown, and you, you just fumbled at the end. <laughs> Sorry, Nora. Nora, it was good. What would you rate it out of ten? Uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. Give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Oh, this is the highest one today. But no, but the ending I give it like a three. <laughs> so wait, so does that, that it gets two ratings? Like there's like three fourths of the film is an eight. Does and that, that other half is like eight? a three? No, you got to give the whole movie one rating. What's the average? I think it would be like seven point eight and three. You know what? We're gonna do something. Your average we're is we're gonna like do something we haven't done six. before ever. Yeah. We're gonna give it a seven point eight. Seven point eight, incrementally. Seven point eight, just a small bit better 7. than 8. when Harry met. Put that on a mug. That's your merch right there. Just give it a seven point eight. A seven point eight. I love. That. Or we get like get mugs that say like "Do it for the orphans." <laughs> for the orphans. For the orphans. For Pablito. For the orphans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to give it. I'm gonna give it an eight point two. Really? Yeah. I really liked it. That I liked is it the highest. I... I liked it more than actually. You know what? I'm gonna come back. Just eight. Just eight. It's too late. No. No, you can't. You, you can't take it back. I didn't change mine. I thought you. I found an average. Damn. Eight. I'm gonna keep it at eight. I just want to keep it at eight. Eight point two. You guys. Because eight point two is much better than eight. It is yeah. by like point two. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Eight. I thought it was a little bit better than when Harry met Sally, just because I I enjoyed the my favorite parts were like the writing scenes when he was like typing, texting her back or whatever. I thought mm. those were really cute, and Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan really acted those parts really well. I, did I like could that. I could almost feel the like anticipation and excitement of like oh my god, this is a special new person. It almost felt like you were in their top five on MySpace for a second, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was in their circle. <laughs> But I I loved that. I thought it was really adorable and cute. And yeah, all the side characters were really, really good. That was yeah. that's something that I think Nora Ephron does really well is just make characters that you've seen in real life. Yeah, like you, you know. have the main dish and then you have like those side characters that kind of just supplement that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's great. Um it's very sad that she passed away. But uh Has she? Yeah. Twenty eighteen, I think. Oh man. Yeah. Sad. But uh I think her daughter or partner or something continues to write films okay yeah so there so could be more rom-coms out there yeah definitely a bit of uh, Nora Ephron out there in the world it's definitely what we need we need more rom-coms I was I was feeling that same way I was I watching think Marvel this movie. needs to do that yeah it's like it's now we've turned into this Marvel lane of like that's what films are is just entertainment for entertainment's sake when I don't know I love mo- that's why I love mo- watching movies like uh, the Banshees of Inisherin and these movies they're more grounded they're more grounded and they kind of want to tell you something or at least say mm. something about people and and not just kind of like entertain your eyes and for like two hours and that's it yeah which is it isn't to knock on those like you know those marvel cinema films it's like you know they they're they're in a sense trying to make these characters deeper you know we're yeah, not just they people are. we're they not totally just people are. with powers you know we mm. also have feelings we also which i hope they're listening to like how you just trash them um hey man i ain't uh i ain't what's his name the director that trashed Marvel movies—that's very. That's famous. like Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese, yeah, yeah. just yeah. like Scorsese. 
Yeah. And Scorsese about it, but you know so he's got a point. He, I think you you heard it here. He said he was the Martin Scorsese <laughs> of podcasting. Um, hey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, he didn't deny it. No. He's he's, just, he's keep going sticking with that. by it. Like okay. That. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, I think uh, I'm not on coke though. So. I think it's I think it's just it's a good. You know, in this in this time where that we're living in, where we have these overly extravagant, uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with these films being overly extravagant, mm. but in this time where we have like the big Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's important to also sit back and watch stories relating to people who are grounded in our literal own reality. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes the, the emphasis is more on those issues that we want to discuss, you know, yeah. those, yeah. those, and we're not totally. even talking about like just social justice or anything like that, but like just talking about the idea of humanity through film. Yeah. That's always what I loved film for was it made me kind of realize a little bit more about myself and my life and my humanity, yeah. you know, it makes you feel more like yeah. close to the world around you. Cause you realize, Oh, people also think about these things, not just me, yeah. but that's a good place to end. Yeah, uh, do you have any final thoughts? Any final uh, prayers? Any thoughts you want to share with the world? Uh, Mr. Jason Martinez, Mr. Martinez. Do they call you Mr. Martinez? They do. They do. That's cute. Um, sometimes, depending on the kid, it'll be Meester. <laughs> it'll be Meester, Mister. Adorable. I've had kids uh, try to call me by my first name. Uh huh. Has that I, I just ignore them. Oh. I, initially, it didn't used to bother me, but then, like when they started doing it more, it it, it, it definitely did. Uh, but I think the cool thing is they're very respectful of that. They're just like that's sweet. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've transitioned to my Jason Bentley voice. <laughs> but uh, there yeah. has been so, a yeah, sh- no, audible been, uh, shift. Yeah, there's it's it's the mood lighting. Maybe I can here. catch on to that. It's the mood lighting. Yeah. Maybe so, if we both do it in this. I voice. think it would be a good way to end it out. I think it would be a fantastic yeah. way to end it out. Yeah, it's uh, I believe, I believe uh, it's called Reach Radio. Am I correct? It is called Reach Radio. Thank so, you for uh, uh, repeating. This has been Rish Radio, signing off. Goodbye and good night. That was perfect. <laughs>